Okay. So, and we're back. So, what are we going to talk about now? We were going to? We're going to talk about our experiences during our recent travels. And uh, I recently went for Umrah. And I was, uh, I've always been the one that gets left behind. And I often am the one who's like seeing everyone off at the airport and feeling quite sad at the same time. I've always been very afraid of going to Umrah and, uh, you know, experiencing uh, Kaaba and and not having the emotion or, you know, not having the reaction that people do when they come back saying it was life-changing. And I, I was always very afraid that I'm going to go there and I'm going to come back the same person that I am, which is pretty much the case, I suppose. But uh, it, it was, there is something there for sure. And I did, uh, the first time I looked at the Kaaba, I was, the, the first thing I said to God was, why is it so small? <laughs> <laughs> Just the scale of it surprised me because I always imagined it to be this huge, uh, ginormous space. And it was this tiny little space and it was, a, you know, the Kaaba itself, the, just the scale of it surprised me. And, uh, and they say, when you look at the Kaaba for the first time, don't blink and say all your, all your prayers. So I had been practicing not blinking. <laughs> and I had like, these really hilarious conversations with God where I was like, okay, so this for me, this for my nieces, this for my mom, um, you know, this for my spirituality, this for my afterlife. And I haven't blinked, okay? Uh, a little blink should not affect my, my prayer. Um, but it was interesting. People say when you go to um, go to the Kaaba, you in in Mecca, you feel the Jalal of Allah. You feel the fear of Allah. Uh, and for me, it was the exact opposite. I felt, I felt the love. I felt the friendship. For me, it felt like there's been somebody that I've been emailing with uh, for, for years and years, and, and and now we're meeting for the first time. So I was on a first date with Allah. And uh, it, it was very, very different. And I didn't share that experience with uh, with people for the first few days because everybody was talking about the Jalal. And I was like, no, but for me, um, it's just, uh, I, I, f- I feel like I'm, it's it's chill and it's it's fun and it's friendship and it's warmth and it's love. That's so, so amazing yeah, because, know. you know, people talk about it in different ways. Yeah. But I like the idea of just yeah. first date. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that analogy. I mean, I went, I went when I was just a teenager and, and I was, I think I had fear of like, you know, being judged by God, but it really felt exactly like that. It felt like uh, there was this enveloping hug when I walked into the yeah. Kaaba and I just had was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is okay. This is God is great. You yeah. Know? Um, um, and I really like this kind of God, right? Instead of the one that everyone's been like, you know, yeah. uh, telling me this will happen if you don't do X. Yeah. And, and that was not how I felt when I walked in there. Yeah. So I've, I've always felt like, yeah, God's on my side. Yeah. God will take yeah. care of me. I mean, it's amazing so. how, uh, how this is one of the most intimate relationships in your life and we always uh, put the lens of the other on it. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is the most secret relationship that you have. You don't even have to share it with anyone. Uh, yet there's always the... I mean, for me, uh, growing up, I was always like, okay, so my relationship with my God has nothing to do with PTV. Because we grew up on PTV. <laughs> <laughs> and PTV made God out to be this 
very judgmental being <laughs> i remember when when i was in advertising we had to do like the whole um you know the dupatta had to be on the head these were the ptv days and we called it the uh, the shoelace dupatta <laughs> because it was the dupatta for the sake of being a dupatta it was a folded dupatta it was a folded dupatta but it had to be on it was the scooter folded yeah. white chiffon dupatta attached with the brooch yeah. i don't know whether the brooch was on the left or the right yeah. but there was a brooch yeah and if you didn't do the brooch then god didn't like you and um and it's amazing how we allow that third party opinion of what that relationship should be to taint what it actually is so for me when those barriers break it just becomes like a more intimate warmer sweeter relationship i i remember walking around the kaaba while i was doing my tawaf and just looking at the the, the qibla and saying oh that's you in there <laughs> well, that sounds wonderful i've also been told that oh you're a cherry picker and you can't do this you can't do that but it's my religion. Yeah. You know why not? Why does it have to and if something doesn't gel with you? Yeah. You know, I mean obviously there's some fundamentals that you probably shouldn't disagree with. Shouldn't disagree with. Yeah. But the way you interact with your relationship, I, I think that's I very think personal. Your, your relationship with God is personal. I mean, and um, really no one has any right to judge and in, in you know your relationship maybe like there's things you don't understand yet or maybe you're not ready to understand them yet and so god hasn't really revealed them to you i know i don't so. know if you remember when you were young they said nothing can be perfect except for god so everything has to have like an imperfection and i used to think when i was younger that's such a silly thing why can't things be perfect and then i got my first car and it was perfect and then i got the first scratch <laughs> and then it was not so it perfect hurt. but i realized that you know what this car is meant to be used it's not supposed yeah. to be perfect yeah You know, so I've decided that if I ever get a new car, I'm going to put the first scratch on it so I'm not yeah. scared. So, you know, a lot of things make more sense when you're in the right frame of mind like you're mm-hmm. saying or when you're older that yeah, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just reveals itself to you when 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 you're ready for it. And mm-hmm. um I I I don't know where I I think I read this recently, maybe just yesterday. um in a story book where somebody said oh i bought something and it was it was in pristine condition and then it got a scratch and now it's mine now it's become ah, more my own yeah because yeah, now it has my mark on it yeah i think i i feel the same way about new purchases like when yeah. i buy something it's like oh it's shiny and new and so pretty and then when i take the tags off and i use it then i'm I once that first mark or first dabba or first scratch or first whatever uh, gets on it and then I'm like then I'm not afraid to use it yeah. anymore. Yeah. I know it's so wonderful. I remember I used to keep things in pristine condition but that meant I never used it. So my favorite things yeah. were perfect but they were never mine like yeah. so it's yeah. like they were always packaged and far away kind of like sometimes like around, you're saving them like, for for some other time and yeah. just like but why am I saving it for another yeah. time? I mean I should just be using it because yeah. I bought it clearly I wanted it and now I'm just keeping it away like you know like I bought a fancy purse and I wouldn't take it out to use for mm-hmm. a whole year and everyone was like why aren't you using it and I just I just didn't feel like the time was there or maybe I wasn't ready and then I used it for the first time one of the kids got green paint on it <gasps> ouch <laughs> yeah well, I mean the paint is... came off <laughs> but still <laughs> The good thing is you're getting to use it now. Now I'm using mm. it. Now it's the thrill hanging out <laughs> because it has been spoiled. So now I can use it. But I hold notebooks. <laughs> you hold it, it's ridiculous because I'm just like it's too pretty to write in. 
and i have mounds and mounds of <laughs> notebooks and i think i'm going to learn from this conversation go back and start using them cuz i don't use them cuz i keep thinking i'm going to fill them up and then i won't be able to use them but i'm not using them Actually, i also start some and then i leave one behind and then because i am also a collector hoarder of notebooks then yeah. i pick up another one and start so yeah. even this one i'm using today i don't know when i started using yeah. it but i put it down and i picked up another one yeah so yeah the consistency <laughs> maybe yeah. of using one notebook or at least for different things but i started doing that with jewelry as well i love jewelry but i used to just keep it for after work hmm. because that's when you're supposed to dress up for the past 2 years though i've been using wearing my favorite pieces every day because i'm like what if i die and i don't get to use it <laughs> and you look fabulous every day okay yeah. let me yeah, just say like, that yeah. there is a hint of jealousy here <laughs> but like she looks fabulous every single ding dang day yeah and it's mostly a lot the whole look is there the accessories the shoes the, the everything yeah. okay and it's just like i i think you said once that you feel more confident mm. and it's like you have your favorite things it's like your armor and so you can face the world mm-hmm. and you are better for it almost you you feel good mm-hmm. and uh, like i said that instead of it being saved for later because you know sometimes when we go out f- in the evenings with friends you're kind of really tired to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. get ready and all that so even then you kind of miss the opportunity but if you wear it all day because that's your work that's where you are why yeah. shouldn't you feel good while you're at work yeah So one thing you can have control over so go all out. It's also about treating yourself, right? Yeah. Um, we often keep putting that off and we often keep mm. putting treating ourselves at the bottom of the list. But if you start your day with that, whether it's putting on that extra little mascara or you know your favorite lipstick or the dangly earrings, the especially dangly on Monday earrings. For, for you the dangly <laughs> earrings. But what is it about Monday mornings though? What are your Monday morning rituals that sort of help fight you the Monday morning blues? blues. <laughs> Oof, Monday mornings are a hard start, man. I mean, it is so difficult to get that day started for me to hit the gym and just, you know, start and to get to the point where I'm making my weekly list it seems to take forever. Tuesday is better, but Monday, I don't yeah. know. I think I need to make a Monday morning ritual because I have this one class where oh it's right at the beginning of my day and I don't no matter how much I try to be enthusiastic about it I just as soon as I get it there I'm like why am I here yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe if I have a ritual like I will yeah get up out of bed at the last second at the very last because I'm like oh just a few more minutes in bed mm-hmm. maybe that will get me through the day and it's just, just putting Monday yeah. off for another <laughs> few minutes I think so yeah I think you're right there should be some Yeah. exciting ritual that you're like oh yes maybe mm. wake up earlier maybe commune with god maybe yeah. have an extra cup of coffee yeah. Yeah. maybe look at your words that you want to focus on and put your armor on for the day the brightest lipstick the on monday the brightest <laughs> lipstick the dangliest yeah, earring something the yeah, favorite new bag treat for yourself you know, monday morning maybe you have the favorite bag uh, i'm going to write this down let's talk about it next time what we did to make so. I yeah. think so let's like let's revisit. practice this yeah. Monday morning and let's see this how this Monday morning goes. I think also your Friday um check out rituals hmm. will affect your Monday morning.